What's up guys? It is the 23rd of August and welcome to the Quarantine Podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We are presented as always by our friends at Mechdyne. Mechdyne Corporation. They are located in Marshalltown where Brent, I actually heard from Chris. How's he doing? Uh, he's doing well. Uh, Marshalltown is putting itself back together, but he... He had a big the job opportunity for somebody. Okay. We have a um, AV systems engineer or two potentially that they they're really actively trying to recruit right now. We have a lot of engineers, Iowa State fans, telling you it's a great company out of Mar- If I was an engineer, it's where I'd work. Mechdyne Corporation, Mechdyne. But no, Chris said, and they're really, like a lot of companies, they're really trying to, you know, um, diversify themselves a little bit. Yep. You know what I mean? They want different types of people, and they they want to just keep uh, recruiting to, they're a growing company, and uh, this is a great opportunity for somebody. So an AV systems engineer, or two, they said. And um, it's exciting field. he, He sent me the link. Unfortunately, I am not qualified. Yeah, I mean, I probably could have told you that. I bet. I mean, how many how many people listen to this thing? But thousands. Yeah, I mean, it's just ten thousand. Some crazy, wild. Yeah. Um, there's got to be someone out there, AV systems engineer. Yeah, and Marshalltown. Yeah, look it up. Marshall, it's it's. They're literally advertising with us because they want to reach you. It's an easy drive. I mean, you don't have to live in Marshalltown. Although Marshalltown. My dad grew up in Marshalltown. So what do you have a problem with Marshalltown? I, have, I love Marshalltown. My dad, my dad grew up in Marshalltown. It seems like there's a butt. No, I was just going to say, it's, oh. it has one of my favorite nice golf courses. Nice racetrack. Oh. One of my favorite golf You would say to racetrack. I yeah. would say Elmwood yeah. Country Club. There you it's go. It's a beauty. She's a beaut, Clark. I would guess, without knowing, if you're a Navy systems engineer, you might be compensated well enough to join Elmwood Country Club. <laughs> I would hope so. I mean, <laughs> so there you go. Backdying.com. Check that out. We have a new sponsor. And you're going to be hearing a lot for hopefully a really long time. And we want to lift our glasses in the air tonight. Uh, Bloom and I like to have a glass of bourbon or rye or whatever we're feeling here on the quarantine. And I need one tonight. Bad. The timing of this sponsorship is ideal for you. (laughs) You're not kidding. But we want to raise our glass because the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by Cody Road Whiskey. Yes, sir. Now, it's our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. All this um, fine bourbon is made in the great town of LeClaire, Iowa. Right on the river. Yep. But um, these guys are really awesome. They've listened to our stuff for a really long time. They're huge Cyclone fans. The pride of Harlan, Iowa, Hawkeye 10, shout out, the guys who own this. And now they're on the east side of the state. Ryan, it used to be Cy. Man, their dad played at Iowa State. You all want to support true Iowa Staters and drink to that. Go up and pick yourself up a bottle of Cody Road bourbon. It's available pretty much you can get anywhere. It. Yeah, like high V here in the state. Yeah, and it's and good. If, and if not, so one of the things that they strategically want to work with us is to get a bigger presence in Central Iowa. Okay. So if you if you want to find a bottle of Cody Road, which we're sipping on a single barrel right now, oh baby, hundred and five proof. Mm. It's really good. 
Not, I'm not just saying that. We tasted this. We did this, Cody Road like a month ago this was, before they were. No, uh, I think this might have been like bars. week six of the quarantine podcast. Yeah. It was just random. We like say we weren't we weren't in partnership with one another and oh. really gave it a good review. So the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by Cody Road, but they also make other stuff too. And we'll tell you about it as time goes on. But um, my favorite thing that I've all, I, I didn't know it was all tied together, but the Iowish cream liqueur. Sure. So it's, it's basically like Bailey's, you know, that's kind of like the mainstream one, but this is made in Iowa and it's a lot better. So think about that. Like when the fall comes around and right. you're for your, we're going to have like home tailgates. You know, a that's going to be tailgates. a thing, right? Yep. That's going to be a yep, big not deal. None in the lots. So no, uh, anyways, it's, it is. I, I talk about a match made in sponsorship heaven here. <laughs> Amen to between, that. Between the amount of this we've had on this podcast and, and just, it's an Iowa company with Iowa Seders running it and it's really good bourbon and everything else they make. Pick up a bottle of Cody road today. People should send us their pictures when they pick that yeah, up. Yeah, you should do that. I had a guy email me um, just randomly, and I love emails like this, but he he saw my tweet about this on Thursday night, and he goes, hey, um, I'm a whiskey guy. I went and just bought a bottle of this just to support, support the two companies. It's like, awesome. that's really that's cool. That's all about. That's really cool. So thank you. Um, a, a couple of really quick housekeeping items, uh, but these are these are really fun I want to put September 2nd on everybody's calendar. That is Wednesday night, September 2nd. We, unfortunately, uh, are not going to be able to have our big Cyclone Fanatic kickoff party this year. Normally, that would have been this weekend. Yep. Uh, we've done the last couple at Barntown Brewing. Uh, we did a couple at Benchwarmers. But if you've been to one, we usually give away tickets. We we have like a silent auction where you, we've generally raised money for a family in need. Standing room only. Yeah. Things. And the last two years, Barntown, or yeah, two years, Barntown has created a Cyclone Fanatic beer. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, you know, due to the pandemic, we're not doing large crowds and all that stuff. So we are going to do, and I'm actually really excited about this because Matt Van Winkle, our old intern, and he still does a lot of work with me um, at 712 Media. Tech guru. And then um, he is working now for the Alumni Association, doing a great job for them. Um, He's kind of helping me put this together from a technical standpoint. We're going to do a virtual kickoff event where it's going to be about an hour and a half, I think, but an hour and a half, two-hour-long preview of the Iowa State football season. And it will be streaming on all of our social media platforms. Sans Instagram. I, if you're an Instagrammer, you're going to need to log onto Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. But I'm excited about this. You're going to co-host it with me. Yeah. And um, I'm going to start working on this tomorrow, lining up our guests. But I think that we'll have a action-packed hour and a half and hopefully uh it will get everybody excited for the season bloom because that's where we wanted to start tonight we think it's going to happen i think, think it, we're gonna be playing football this i fall. was in ames this week i was at the beautiful jack trice stadium looking at some stuff trying to prepare as best as we can on the cyclone radio network side and the impression i got is prepare keep it up because it's gonna happen so now 
there were a couple hiccups on the university front this week in regards to a kind of a hand slap from uh, President Winterstein to the students for compliance related reasons. But like we talked about last week, I don't think that's going to have a, a monster effect. I think it will have maybe a little bit of one. Obviously, you'd like school to be open. It makes it easier then to have the season as scheduled. Could you go online only like North Carolina has and Notre Dame has and some of these other ACC schools have already done and still have a season? Yes, that is absolutely still possible. But I, it sounds like September 12th when the Raging Cajuns come to town, football, it's going to happen. So I would be really surprised. Again, a couple of negative things would have to happen to, to now shut it back down. Just like, as we talked about during this, this whole process, either a monster increase in cases within the football program, either Iowa State's or several Big 12 schools, or in this case, Louisiana, or a really horrible outcome. So, um, yeah, like but, somebody right, dies. Right. So I, in, in either college sports or any professional sports related to COVID. But absent of that, I think this thing gets going, and uh, I don't know how long it'll go. I'm optimistic, as I have been, but it seems like all, uh, all preparations being made for the season to be as strange as it's going to be, but a season. Yeah, I I think we did talk about this last week. Everything's kind of blending together at this point, but I I felt like when they came out and released that schedule. Yep. The knowing what I knew behind the scenes and our our insiders got a good piece of this information last week. But the 180 that they pulled, I don't think you do that if you're playing on backtracking. Yep. Especially when you're watching uh, the beating that the Big Ten is taking. This is the other interesting part here, is rather than the criticism on the conferences that are playing, yeah. you've almost seen Great point. the reverse criticism of the Big Ten not playing. Now, the Pac-12 is kind of like, well, who cares about you anymore? But it's been... Because they're all about academia. Yeah, and but and they're, and they're, not rel- they're really not relevant here because they just they don't have the cachet that the Big Ten does. And the Big Ten's a monster. We know and, that. And I think that as bad of a job as Larry Scott has done in a lot of different ways, they were very transparent with why they weren't playing. Yep. You know, they put out inf- like the Big Ten. Oh, I this, mean, just a disaster. It having, <laughs> but this is the, but actually, so Chris, dumb, as, like, as silly as this is, yeah, the Big Ten's the Big Ten's just total debauchery throughout this whole <laughs> process has really helped the Big Twelve, ACC, and SEC because it has they look exemplary by still playing. And, well, they, they, and they had a consistent message, at least for the most part, where the, everyone can just kind of throw see, the well-deserved heat on the Big Ten, and the, the other three have kind of stayed out of it. I, my, my One of my best friends, Travis Hines, everybody knows who he is. We got a little bit of an argument on the radio over this because I, I said when Bullsby had his teleconference, I liked the fact that he was like, yeah, we're still working on um, protocol, like we're still working on the percentages and stuff like that to be able to have a game. And and Heinz is taken. I totally understand where he was coming from. He's like, how have you not like been working on that? But what I liked about Bullsby's approach was, hey, um, listen, this isn't normal. We are doing our best here. 
but we've made a decision that we're pushing forward. Yep. What I got from the Big Ten was just a bunch of baloney. Um, it, everything seemed very unsure. When I listened to Bullsby, yeah. if I'm like a fan, I'm like, okay, they're still working out yeah. this whole pandemic I, thing. Eyes are open. So, yeah. Right. But they they are moving in a direction. And here we have two weeks after the Big Ten's deal. Now, they finally put out that thing last week. But you still have – I saw the, like, Nebraska, like, parents Twitter feed or whatever. Yep. There were still, like, six still Big noise. Ten schools getting together tonight <laughs> to, like, check out – I don't know if it's legal action against the conference, which I do believe that will be coming. I think you're going to have individual players suing the Big Ten for – Loss of yeah. something. That would be my guess. I mean, hey, we're lit. Li- I could. Couldn't you see that happen? Yeah. Oh, for sure. We love litigation in this country. Let's yes, we sue do. somebody. But I don't know what we can get out of it. But at least get get your uh, self some social media. The Big Ten. Uh, so this is what cracked me up when I started to say it because it sounded so like um, dumb when you consider people like die every day and stuff like that. But like, I was going to say, I'm old enough, Brent, to have lived through the big 12 missile crisis. <laughs> Cause that sounds like an actual, yeah. like scary. Yeah. Scary thing. thing. It, right, right. You, no, it, people get it. It was. Yeah, <laughs> Let me for tell some you. people. Yeah. We're, um, but I remember that whole thing and oh, they, they being were... on the outside looking in, this was the first story of that caliber, like of politics and sports and business that I had really ever had a front row seat to. So I learned a lot. And I remember the Dan Beebe era of the Big 12 yeah, and, and all that, you know, and you have all these figureheads like the Lost Dodds and Tom Osborne and like it, it, it was crazy. Like, yeah, uh, Jamie Pollard's still relatively new. You know, he's yeah, still he relative. Like, four or five. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, Joffrey, uh, President Joffrey yep. was the guy at Iowa State. And I just I remember all this. And I remember like the whole time just having great admiration for the Big Ten and Jim Delaney and the fact that he had them all together. You know, like there's a strong patriarch, you know what I mean? Like who the entire family, all the kids and grandkids and nephews respected. Yeah. Or you could call him a mob boss. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. But all the... um Everything was in a row. Yep. Everything like like Gene Chizik's first practice at Iowa State. The helmets were lined <laughs> up perfectly, and you respected it because it the the, the Big Ten not Chizik's helmets. That's a deep, deep that inside is, joke. Oh my, hilarious. That's a deep inside joke that probably like ten percent of the audience will get, but you guys really appreciated yeah. it. <laughs> I, I did over here. If Meyer and Brian Blythe are listening, they're they dying right yeah. now. Um, the backstory is on that, just so we don't leave you hanging. So we went from Mac, who is like everybody's favorite uncle, to Gene Chizik. In the first day of spring football practice, Chizik, he he literally like looks over to make sure the media is paying attention. Yeah. And then... Had them all lined up for helmets. Loses his shit <laughs> on the team because their helmets weren't lined up perfectly and it was it was so deliberate yeah. like that he was oh, yeah. trying he was to like the cameras yeah and it's it's been an ongoing joke but my 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 point being um this kevin warren first of all yeah tough spot for yeah, him brutal 
Uh, he's technically not making the decision. But, man, this guy has totally butchered this thing oh. from PR. It, and really, Brent, like, I mean, you, I know that you and I are both interested in just leadership in yep. general. And we've read a lot about it. What makes a good leader? What makes a poor leader? communication really is the key. If it's your household, like if it's, if you're the leader of your household with your wife, or if you're the a manager of a company, if you're anything, you've any got to be able, yeah. you have to be able to communicate. Right. And from what it sounds like, pour me a little bit That's more of that Cody Rhodes straight over the, over the top yeah, there. Straight. It's been a good day. Some of that bourbon. Yeah. All right. God bless you. Get the sound effect. Um, Poor communication across the board. I read a great piece today in the Omaha World Herald, which, by the way, uh, Nebraska's media has been killing it in this, and I'm sure they're getting a lot of help from the institution. I know how this works. But <laughs> there's <laughs> stories that Bill Moose and yeah. Scott Frost want out there. Yes. But the um, but they're, they're, they're taking it off the Some team. of the revelations in today's yeah. Sunday World Herald on this, like – the fact that all 14 athletic directors in the Big Ten voted to play. And so the problem they have, and this is, again, just leadership. I've been pretty critical of Kevin Warren on my radio show, and I keep getting the same stuff back. Well, he's not the one making the decision. Nobody is the figurehead. And um, figureheads, you, that one that comes with the price, too, he's he's replacing a guy like Jim Delaney who like the coach in varsity blues, look at all these metaphors tonight. You know, you put your hand up in the pep rally and everybody shuts the hell up. And that's what Jim Delaney would do. Right. So now uh, what happened uh, again, this is all reporting from the Omaha world Herald, but there was a 14 person athletic department call. They voted 14. Oh, Moose's job was to take that to the presidents and the chancellors and represent the athletic directors in the next meeting. Well, my dad asked me tonight, he goes, man, did I read that right? And I go, yes, dad, you did. The problem is the chancellors and the athletic or in the presidents, they're the ones who make the decisions, but there's great, there's great concern among big 10 athletic directors that their message wasn't properly conveyed to the next level. Right. By the commissioner. Here's, Here's my issue with this whole thing. And, and Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, is the easy scapegoat because he's the one guy you can like, oh, he's in charge. Correct. Kind of like Dan Beebe back yeah. in the day. Uh, ultimately, though, from what I know about the relationship, I mean, the athletic director's boss is the university president or chancellor. Like, why aren't, if, if Nebraska, I know Nebraska is different, but let's like Ohio State, right? If you're Gene Smith... Talk to your president. That's your boss. Like that line of communication should be just more open or even more so than uh, yeah. this, this congregation know, of athletic directors. Like, I know talk to your people here. I know what do we do it. Pollard and Winterstein are like oh, that for sure. And this is why she she greatly just leans on him. From what I understand, she lets him do his job. Well, and this is why it's so weird. Like that story came out where the athletic director is going to vote to like, unanimously to play. And yet, it sounds like the presidents and chancellors, obviously, majority voted not to play. It's like, how does that happen? Like, either yeah, that's you, a need, good point. you either need to inform your AD of this is, this is the way you're going to go. Yeah. I mean, or it just makes everybody look like an idiot. Cause that's it's like, a really who, good who point. Who are we talking to here? You can blame Warren, sure. I mean, he's an easy guy to blame because he's new and he came from the NFL. And I, there's I, some really weird quotes in that one of those stories of like, well, he's never been around college sports. We're like, this isn't hard from that aspect. Like, talk to the people need to talk to each other, and he's getting the, the, the getting the brunt of it here. 
But really, I blame these ADs and presidents. You got to be on the same page to represent your institution. That's a great point. Where I'm vastly critical of Warren, and I think that we're going to get more and more stories about this as time goes on, is we're watching Nebraska furlough, um, right? You know, ton of workers. The University of Iowa had to cut four sports on Friday. And by the way, uh, and I really encourage Iowa State fans to not be yeah. boastful in this. Yeah. I, I've Dan, seen dance a, on the grave. This is said. not a good. This could have very easily been us. Well, and it could, not, let's it not, still could let, be. Yeah, let's not. So uh, this is not. Uh, this is not a time to celebrate over your rival. And I saw a lot, and it's an easy layup. Well, if Iowa would have had that. You know, a couple million dollars from the bar to settlement, and maybe listen. Which fair, maybe, but this is a hundred million dollar hit. Like you can't, no one can weather that without some sort of. Um, and there's people involved here, you know, not just Gary. As much as we want to lean on Gary, and you know, he can be the brunt of an easy joke here. But this is this was an inescapable reality. I, think- I was going to be one of the first of of many here. I think Gary's, um, my criticism of him over the years is similar to Warren's. It's, it's, you hear over and over about poor communication and the Warren thing. So this is where he went, this is where he went awry is when they came out and, and introduced their conference only plan. Yep. I mean, I, I wasn't in the room. I mean, only five people were. But it's gotten around to anybody who's asking questions to the right people. And those leagues basically exited a meeting all with the same plan that they were going to go status quo. And they were working together. The Power Five was working together. And out of nowhere, yep, the Big Ten basically went rogue. And did, so what he did, though, Brent, and we've seen this play out that day that we were post to Rachel, where I was like nine beers deep at your house. <laughs> what you saw was the SEC really mobilizing the ACC and the Big 12. It became personal that day. Yeah. That, and the, it was that day when it was like, okay, if you're so gonna, this is going to be the missile crisis again, huh? If you want to, if you want to go yeah. this route, then we, we'll, we were all working together yeah. and now you're going to do this. Okay, let's go. And that's why it's, it's, it's not good for the greater of college athletics, but this is where we're at. Yep. You made your bed. Like, here we go. You're going to have to do that. And that's why it was so interesting to me now that it's the big 10 that's getting the heat. Now I honestly thought, I think the big 10 thought these other four power five conferences would roll over after them. Like if they're the first one to go, then it's inevitable that, well, if the big 10 can't play, then none of us can too. And it didn't happen. I thought the max started everything. Right. (laughs) But, but it, in the pac 12 did, you know, because that was, that was a known commodity. I honestly think the big 10 thought if we're the first to go, we want to be the, you know, the pioneer here. We want to be the thought leader, to make this go the right way and none of them. And then because of what they did three weeks earlier, the other three conferences are like, we don't need to play your game. We're going to try this on our own. And it's quite honestly for the the health of college football, this is not great, but it's better for uh, the three that are going to play for sure. I mean, I think there's long-term ramifications that are wild in this when you consider recruiting and scholarships and all that stuff. I I do. um, 
man, I just, I feel for the student athletes and parents and because what we saw at Iowa, I mean, that's going to be happening everywhere. And like it, the, the generational changes based For off sure. of the Pac-12 and the Big Ten not playing. And you're going to see, guys, this isn't over. Like, Iowa State's going to take a huge hit financially, yeah, even if just they the play. Fan, the fan issue alone. Yeah. So, and like, what if basketball gets cut? And like, I, yep. I you know, like there's more coming. And it sounds like basketball, with the very least, will have an abbreviated season. I think that... <laughs> I mean, my, I think I've talked about this, but they're really looking into bubbles and stuff like that. You, like, you have to. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, I, th- uh, th- I, I could make an argument that it's better for them academically to do the three-week bubble, three-week off, like, than flying all over the country and playing two, three games a week. Sure. So, like, I, I think that's very doable. You're just going to write into the player, what are, what are these players' com- conversation, though? If you're keeping college kids in a bubble. Well, then they could have gone to the G League. (laughs) You know, listen. Yep. I know. They could be playing in the G League. It's going to, I mean, but now we're going to, I mean, they could have gone to Europe, you know? Yep. For sure. No, I think there's, there's alternates there, but those conversations, you're going to have to start making those decisions for the, for basketball here in the next six weeks. I'm going to say this on, you're right. By the way, I, like you're hundred. Like if we, if we take anything from all this, it's we've learned the value of like the players in college football. Yeah. Um, but I remember last winter, so excited to go watch um, Lindell Wigginton play against Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah, I in Wells Fargo Arena. In fact, we scheduled it specifically for this, and we did my radio show from there. there like two hundred people there. 300 yeah, maybe yeah, I mean, tops just a different like different 50 of here. them were KXNO guess um guys like it's it's a totally do you think do you think Zion Williamson didn't benefit from playing at Duke no. oh yeah and we've had you know what I mean we can go on and on for this just but saying, you're right there's another side of the side of the story there I mean I think there will be some sort of there's a reckoning uh, especially, coming. Especially in the non-conference. I think there's there's a potential these bubble tournaments, these one-offs, where you can get, let's say, six games in... A Maui you know, bubble. Yeah, or, I mean, not even a Maui. Like, you know, the guy who State could be with Creighton and Nebraska Iowa. and Iowa yeah. and... Uh, Good point. In, 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 in Omaha. Like you, can, you can you I think this is... These plans have to be made right now. I'm guessing the conversations are ongoing. Where you're going to group regionally with... Let's say six to eight other schools play around Robin thing and try and bang out, you know, seven to 10 games in a two week period. And then you get in your conference, I, which would be a separate bubble. I hadn't thought about that with the non-com, but that makes a lot of sense. I think that's the way they have to go. Yeah. Cause it's hard to just start a season. It is. And then it's, you should talk about scheduling, which well, yeah, then like, you eliminate travel and, and all Jaylen that Coleman lands get a whole another year. Well, so the, let's let's go there right now because the NCAA just announced. Yeah, see, can you explain that to people? Sure. Well, as best as I can. Because I'm confused by it. The NCAA announced on Thursday, Thursday, that all fall sport athletes, regardless of if you play or not. So the only people that are playing, though, are uh, the Power 5, SEC, ACC, Big 12 football. None of the other sports are playing, right? But even those... 
anybody that is a fall sport athlete gets another year of eligibility from the NCAA. So your clock is stopped. So we could get Brock Purdy. Yes. So he's technically just a sophomore. He's technically a sophomore this year. I mean, he's a right by by way of the clock. He's a sophomore. Um, this creates a whole weird set of circumstances yeah. because the NCAA can say, hey, yeah. you get an extra year. However, the institution is paying can, for it. The institution can say, no, we're not honoring that. So you could then transfer what you had in the spring. It's a similar situation where they, they gave these spring athletes last spring yeah. an extra year. And Wisconsin said, no, you know, yeah. our commitment to you is for these five years. And then you're on your own. You'll see a lot of that because Chris, you start doing the math. Yeah, it does um, add up. And, and for just college football, right? That's 20, 25 scholarships. You could technically have next year. And this is going to be a long process because you can't just say this is a one-year thing and then you cut it off. This is a four or five-year ramification because of these scholarships. So you can have next year 100 and it'd probably 115, 110 scholarships just in football. So you're telling me that Clemson might be double thinking the second barbershop they were going to add to their <laughs> football facility. Is, like, I don't know. I don't know quite who gets an advantage here and who doesn't, but you're going to have multiple freshman classes um, and, and then on and on and on. And so, yeah, so Brock Purdy this year, technically as the rule states does not lose a year of eligibility for this season. Mechdyne.com. They're looking for AV engineers, folks. AV While Bloom and I sit here and sip on our single barrel straight bourbon whiskey, courtesy of Cody Road and the Mississippi River but, but Distilling Company. The money alone, 25 scholarships. And let's say at Iowa State, it's just being general number. I don't know the exact number. 50000 per scholarship if you consider tuition, room and board, and the stipend cost of living. Let's say reason, like conservatively 50,000 25 times 50 gets close to a million and a half pretty quickly. That's a million and a half of extra expenses that these schools went out of plan for. And that's just football. So it gets, and, the, and, and that's when you can see like, Oh, we can cut the swimming and diving program and save 2 million a year. Yeah. Or, I mean, there's going to be a lot of schools that say, sorry, yeah. your eligibility is up. Like we can't, we can't, can they go player by player. Yeah. Can they say like, hey, Brock, we'll give you your six year, but we're not going to give it to. <laughs> I think you have to. You know what? I mean, and the, it sucks, but that's the real world too. Like I. And this is a three to, like I said, is, this is a three to four year process. This doesn't, like we can just look at, oh, once 2020 is up, then we're clear. This, gonna, this is going to make things weird all the way to 24. Because you're going to have these expanded rosters for oh, a, right a, a long the, period the of television time. contracts. <laughs> I don't this. So again, you throw more uncertainty into these athletic programs. That already are kind of like, what's next here? So it's I feel for all these people trying to figure all of these things out. And by the way, this includes if you play in the fall or spring. So everybody's on the same page. Everybody gets another year apparently. I've always been, uh, I've been hounding Jamie Pollard to um, ghost write a book for him on the missile crisis. Man. And then, makes, but, but this would be a great like second act. This makes the missile crisis look like, uh, I don't know, like the uh, missile crisis. It was bad. I know. I understand. But this is. Man. Yeah. And no, I get it. This impacts. We're doing wild stuff here. Weird, wild stuff. Well, and now we're, and we're making decisions for the now with regard a lot of times to what's going to impact four years down the road. 
So hold on to that thought because now we're going to get into my wheelhouse, which is like television contracts <laughs> and realignment. Seriously, Cody Road on standby. Uh, we're going to re- refill. This will be our third pour of Cody Road bourbon. Um, when we come back, we're going to thank some of our sponsors here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We are fueled by Cody Road whiskey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, real quick, before I'll, I'll finish that deep tease. Um, Bloom and I went and got our we got we went to the beauty shop together on Friday. Swift process, Franklin Barbershop. Oh. You know, we act, we we really did. We set our appointments for ten o'clock because we want to go when the price is right is on. It's a big deal there. Did you go to the Tom Jones bathroom yet? I did not. I did. I took by. a video. I need to post it. I, I forgot that to, on there. I forgot to post it. Man, but no, they look good. You look good. Great time. Well, I mean, so, me like there's not much to do. It's just Hogan. Hey, shave my head. Take the razor to it, baby. So, back to you, you, the conversation last week where you, the social media pressures in life. Mm-hmm. So we're doing the uh, annual fall pictures with the family oh, this week. So yeah, that's which is now. So wait, let me guess. Hold on. I can I can play it out perfectly. I have not told you a thing about this. Because every family's fall picture looks the same. Crystal's <laughs> going to wear like her like normal like tighter jeans because she's a female with the like um, Han Solo boots that go all the way up to her knees. She's going to make you wear all like I a know is what I'm shirt. supposed to wear. You I'm have to so, wear like a flannel shirt I, of maybe, some sort. Maybe I shouldn't say fall. This is like late oh. summer because i was thinking like oh we're gonna yeah, go to a no, pumpkin right. patch so similar we're going to some arboretum we want to look my so the real country folks always make fun of these other folks because it's like we're gonna dress like we're country folks for Listen. one day and then we're gonna hang it all over our wall this is a lot of truth <laughs> happens all the if, time yeah i'm telling you si- single folks out there get ready for this uh, you save have, up for the pictures right save man. for the it's an un, uh. unexpected expense because you have <laughs> I'm t- there's truth here. You've got your wedding pictures. Like I thought wedding pictures, engagement pictures were good. Yeah. We're a couple hundred pictures. dollars. Yeah. Well, right. A couple hundred. Uh, I thought I was good with pictures. And then you have the newborn pictures and then the newborn turns one. And then you got to have the spring and the fall pictures along with the newborn pictures. And then the one year old pictures. And then the second one comes. We got a lot of pictures, man. Yeah. So anyway, but Franklin barbershop, between the Franklin Barbershop and what I assume will be a very talented Photoshop of our pho- photographer, I might look at least presentable in these wall photos and those we put on Instagram. So that's why you you were like, hey, Bloom texts me on like Wednesday night. He's like, man, we need to get down to the Franklin Barbershop. <laughs> guess, like, who, right. guess who told me why I needed to go get a haircut? Your wife. Right. Welcome, uh, so welcome to marriage yeah. in 2020. Thanks to them. And I did like, we talked to them and they're getting a lot of you guys going in there. So it's becoming it's, a thing. It's honestly it's awesome. though, great time. Uh, they do a good job and it's very good. Good price there. It's 25 bucks from a haircut, which is like the same as you get 
at your great clips or your sport clips. So why not have a good time? Um, money is going to become more and more important to these athletic departments. Yeah. And I, everybody's like, Oh, well you're going to see coaches get paid less and that might happen. Um, but like it, like, I mean, who's going to go to Nick Saban and be like, Hey, all right. Uh, or Jim Harbaugh be like, Hey coach, we're going to take you from 10 million down to four. Right. Like if you're winning, maybe, um, you know, maybe a guy who's like on the hot seat right now is going to benefit from this because they're not going to want to screw around with buyouts. Sure. That's a hundred percent true. You know, that type of thing. But I do think that there's going to have to be some ways to create even more revenue. One of them, the alcohol thing's interesting. Yep. Not talking about specifically at Iowa State. Jamie Pollard has been very matter of fact. He's not interested that the gain in funding wouldn't be enough for him to to make a move. I do think, and we talked about this, I think, in the first quarantine podcast, and I'm going to triple down on it right now. Okay. There's been a sentiment in college athletics for a really long time where, oh, we need to be um, we need to be with Fox and ESPN because that's where people are. This pandemic, Bloom, has moved people greatly. My mom and dad, God bless them, and I love them. I, they just bought a condo down at the Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah, congrats to the Williams. Great that's for awesome. them. It's yep. really neat, neat story I want to write about someday. Um mom calls me the other day. Well, I mean, we've got our Amazon fire stick <laughs> and it's not working on this TV. And I'm like, what, 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 what? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Point being, you've got yeah. people in their mid sixties. Yep. And this is how they watch TV these days. Yep. I like where you're going with this. Um, I think college athletics for a really long time is overvalued. Not a really long time, but for a couple of years, they've been overvaluing the over the air television type deal. Yep. I, you mentioned the pack 12 earlier, kind of being an outlier. You mark my word. They're the first one being over there near Silicon Valley. Yep. They're going rogue. The pack 12 is going to sign some sort of a television contract with Apple, Apple TV, um, Netflix, Amazon. Yep. They, this thing, even in five months has been, expedited and it's going to be an absolute cash grab and i don't blame them it's just the world is changed. look at the stock market bloom yeah like the the tech the, there's the, like the, six companies right, right now that are like 25 percent of the overall s&p 500 and they're all there's more money out there like you think that fox and espn have money <laughs> talk to a guy named jeff bezos you know they're yep. gonna have to make up for this in some capacity and i think the next five years are fascinating in that sense. It's funny you say this. I just read an article before I came over about the NBA TV ratings, and is this a problem or is this not a problem? So the NBA playoff ratings are down about 25% from last year. Now, you can look at it a couple of ways. One, they've got these daytime games, which are not doing as well as you'd expect when you have yeah. a 1230 and a three o'clock game. Yeah. You're not going to get the primetime games it's this a, last year. It's a first round. Like, I mean, no right. offense to your magic. But this part, and it was our friends at Sportico who are, I mean, mm. they're just kind of all over the place. You're, How you, amazing are they? Hey, you should share this article. Uh, there's a guy like a uh, Johnny Wall Street, John Wall Street, whatever his name. He sends out a newsletter like three okay. days a week. He's phenomenal. 
But I thought this was the most interesting part of this article. It goes through all the stuff of, of prime time versus daytime versus, you know, what data are we looking at here? But this part really struck me. When compared with the same period in 2018, live and time shift TV usage among adults 18 to 34 is down now below how much time people spend on their phones. So people spend more time on their phones, adults 18 and up, Wow. Three hours and 46 minutes compared to what they do in front of a TV, three hours and 43 minutes. And that has only accelerated during the pandemic. Point is, people aren't watching your traditional satellite cable over the air TV. They're doing they're on their phones more. And so it is smart now Mm -hmm. to plan on. So that's just why it's really hard now for these advertisers to figure out, you know, what is the value of your, your digital stuff? Even if, so I'm still a dish network subscriber Yep, and I really like it. Like I like how easy it is to DVR. Um, It's, you know, there's a lot of things I like about it. It's great. Bloom and I live about five doors down from one another, but Bloom can have fiber internet and I can't like, it's, it's a weird deal. Cause he, so whatever. But, like, what you're seeing now, even for survival for, like, a dish network, is they have to have all the apps on there. Yeah. They have to have Amazon Prime. They have to have um, Netflix. And that's how I watch all those things is through my dish network. But I tell you what, if they got rid of those... As stupid as it sounds to a guy like you cut the cord years ago, like I'd probably get rid of them because yep. of the ease. You it's know, that's why I pay a little extra. 2024 and these TV rights come up almost seems too like I think it'll happen even before then almost. I don't probably legally can't, but you this is it's accelerating so quickly and there's the media advertisers, you know this more than me, love that, you know, 25 to 54 demographic. Cuz that's your not that they don't love the older folks, but you, when you look at TV ratings, yeah. those really skew older because those, they aren't the ones. They're the ones that have money. Yeah. But they I'm can just, go out and buy a Chevy truck or a, you know. And, and so you can, you're going to hear this narrative and that's just why this article is great. It's like, well, the NBA is getting crushed by, but there's just not people on watching TV as much anymore. They're on their phones more or they're doing something else because of the pandemic. And so it's just hard to to measure apples to apples, but I th- I think it really is. I I now more than ever, I think your Apple, Netflix, Amazon, Google are legit players in this space. And if these conferences are not talking to them, it's a complete disservice. They will be. I would be very concerned if I'm Fox or ESPN. You know about some of these rights because, like you said, they have the they have the money, they have the capital to do this, and it's becoming more and more normalized for people to just watch on their phone. I and do it's it. only going to keep shifting there as, as you know, people age into be, being comfortable with the product. People probably get sick of me talking about this, but it's such a, um, you know, my, probably my favorite sport in the world is dirt racing. Like the Saturday night short track racing. One of the things that's fascinating about it is there's no money behind it, really. Like, there's not, there's not big TV contracts. There's not huge sponsorship dollars. Nike's not chucking money behind sure. the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model well, Series. Lucas Oil must have a lot of money. But you know what has been fascinating to watch about my favorite sport over the years is the use of technology because, well, see, they go about it as, well, nobody else is going to cover us, so we're going to do it this way. And what they've done is some of the first, there's two that I can really think of bloom. Maybe you can, 
But there, there's there's a couple of different places. The WWE Network was really a trailblazer. Yep. You know, they were NFL Network comes out. They're printing all their money. It's a big story. Vince McMahon had already released his blueprint to create a WWE Network over the air. And he backed off like they got out. They dropped it all and said, we're going digital only got crushed for it. Well, now they've got, I mean, a million plus subscribers and they don't even, instead of going to pay-per-view where they're charging $50 to a person where, you know, direct TV gets to keep 30 of it or, or whatever yep. they, they get it all. Yeah. It's a true subscription type deal. Yep. And, um, I've watched multiple platforms in dirt racing do the same thing. Dirt on dirt.com comes to mind. Dirt vision who has a deal with the world of outlaws my point being they had to do it that was the only way that their sport could survive with it the sport has thrived because the people who want to pay for it will pay for it iowa state fans if the only way you can watch iowa state football is on netflix they're going to pay the 999 espn plus for basketball absolutely i i I don't know what the numbers are for espn plus subscriptions but i imagine they were you know a decent amount uh it's the way it's going and these don't the, you think it's expediting though yes because okay. they need the money and they, and these companies have the money now i don't know what the contract wise when you maybe you can't start doing those things until 2024 which seems like a long ways away no i from what i gather it'll be i'm thinking back to the missile crisis everything kind of happens like a year and a half two years okay. ahead of time so i think 2022 maybe even next summer we start to get some rumblings but It'll be interesting. Get buckle up at that point for realignment type talk. I, yeah. I don't necessarily I don't think, think it'd be realignment. I think it's uh, more of a uh, maybe a reshuffling of the everybody keeps saying using the whole like we're rearranging the deck chairs on the deck. And I but I still like guys, everybody's gonna throw out you're gonna keep hearing this. And I and I continue to do it, Bloom, and I want to pick your brain on it because I I have a very different opinion than most. Everybody's talking about oh, the Power Five breakaway, do all that, right? Like, if you're the SEC, why would you be like, hey, we're going to give up our dominance? Yeah, in our financial, to, and we're going to split it with Washington State and Oregon State. You know, the Pac-12 has been so relevant, or even Iowa State, you know? Why would they do that? It's a terrible business move. I don't think they'll do it. And plus, the NCAA does a lot of the dirty work that these guys don't want to deal with. The NCAA has a lot of flaws, but they also do a lot of things underneath the scenes that a lot of people have no clue about. Yep. I think it's it's status quo conference-wise. Um now, maybe you'll have more of a partnership in regards to adding four more teams in the playoff. I think that's about this. And I guess, you know, the Arizona schools, we've talked about it before. Perhaps they get squirrely and want to get out. And the natural They've been fit wanting to join the Big 12 to for join a while. The Big 12, but I just don't know if it gets the Big 12 a whole lot there. But I, more than anything, TV rights, I think this is why these conferences are still going to be fine. And while there will be cuts in the short term in all these schools, no matter what, if they can if they can tread water until twenty three, twenty four, when you can put ESPN, Fox, listen, TV rights are still extremely valuable. That bubble has not burst because now you've got more competition for it. Correct. And there's no, and you still need 
the, the ratings are going to be down because people have other options and they they can do more things now and they don't just have to sit in front of their, their TV to watch. But it's also the most captive audience still is live sports. And so college sports are still extremely valuable. So if these, uh, these schools can tread water and these conferences can tread water for another 12, 18 months, long-term they're going to be okay. They'll be fine. Um, because they're going to be able to keep I think they can keep advancing rights fees still upward if they can get these tech companies involved and honestly be smart of them to do so. I mean, that would be ESPN or Fox, though. They're in a really... Although ESPN's got Disney and Fox is Fox. Like, they're big, giant corporations, too. They're not... They're not going to roll over and die. I'm not saying that. I don't know if it can increase exponentially as it has in the last 10 years, but all I'm saying Bloom, it's going to change is I've heard a lot over the years of like skepticism of these conferences to, to break out away from over the air yeah, I don't, type stuff. But I, I think that if you're again, look at the S and P 500, like <laughs> look at where the money, like yeah. Apple is a $2 trillion company as of last week. Yeah. Like you're telling me they can't compete with ESPN for the NBA if they don't want to, you know, like it's, it's insane. Yeah. The yeah. A type of money that an Amazon prime could throw at a big 12 if they wanted to no, I'm not right. saying that maybe they don't want to, I don't know, but if they do want to get into the live rights and there's to me, that's the most valuable product out there. This is what, but here's the, so if we know this is going to happen, we think it's going to happen. It's interesting how quickly some of these athletic departments will be to eliminate sports. You know, and I well, and I get why they're doing it, but I, I, is it really a nature of just the pandemic? I don't think so. I think there's some natural trimming of the fat going on. Yes. Because they've gotten bloated with salaries and all that stuff. But they don't want to do this, but at the for, same time they But you have to Think about the books, though. I yep, mean, go to that true. USA Today. Go in the red. Every year, like, they're showing zero for a reason. Yeah. No, that's true. They want to... So, the point being, if you're Iowa, because they just cut four sports, and you're not going to have football this year, and you're going to miss out on... Iowa State's going to miss out on X million of dollars, even by the the fan situation. Yeah, assuming you play twelve games, think about like a how much in the green you would be if you had eight home games in a normal Iowa State year, or what are they going to have six, whatever. Um, yeah, it's different. You still have to pay your bills in the current. Yeah, it's true. And you'd rather not take a fifty million dollar loan at four percent interest, right? Yeah. No, I know. So, I mean, not to say it's a conspiracy or anything. I just think it's... No, I get I what you're long, saying, though. Long term, I think... They could be gonna, more profitable. Everything's going to be okay if they can just get through this weird stretch. And it, again, and this is like a giant, like, theology type question, but this is what we should end on, and I'd love to get your feedback on this. Like, is the women's soccer... like show, And I don't know the answer to this. This is what I said when the Pac-12 athletes... Yeah. Came out there. The Pac-12 football players Oregon came out and said right. they weren't playing. You guys need to decide right now. Are you in this for yourself? Or are you in this for everybody? Because if you're in this for yourself, like that's, that's totally different than saying we're, we think that the women's soccer teams 
should get the same type of treatment. Because if that's the case, they're going to be writing checks to these universities to play soccer. So my question is, like, how do we treat this? Is this true amateur intercollegiate athletics where we want to keep as many opportunities for as many young people and jobs and all this stuff because it's a th- it makes our campus thriving? Or, you know... Is it time that we cut some of the fat that is just sucking money out of this athletic department? I don't have the answer to that. Personally, I lean on my experience with women's basketball. I think that these football players are getting a lot of great opportunities. We continue to make their lives better to even it out as much as possible. And we keep as many sports. That's where I line up at. But there are people on the other side. Yeah, but just, I mean, just look at what happened to Iowa this week. That's... How many student athletes that no longer have a home? I mean, coaches, jobs. Coaches. I mean, that's what fifty, at least fifty students. And 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 again, that's just because of the pandemic, not because of we're paying football players. And after the conversation we just had, if you're having this surplus of money or this this input of money, maybe you can do both. But yeah, it's it's. Um, I don't think that they're going to add sports after 2024. Oh no, no, you're not. No, after these are gone. Yeah. They're gone. So, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a point well said. And I don't, I, it's, it's hard to forecast, you know, if you're, if you're paying these and I, what's the number then, you know, I yeah. mean, it's just like on and on. Like this, this, this will be an interesting case study, Chris, just the scholarship situation alone with the extra 25 football scholarships in the next three and a half, four years. That money, right? So that's a million and a half pot, tech, right around there. Let's say you split that up eighty-five ways. Um, that's you know thirty thousand dollars a guy. But instead, you're giving twenty-five other folks scholarships now. Like you see what I'm saying? Like you, yeah, absolutely. You do the math here, and where's that money coming? Where's it? Where's it all going to come from? And I think this will be a good little litmus test of. I don't know if we have all this just money hanging around. And and back to your point about Saban, you're, Saban will find a job for his value. Uh, I saw it suggested this week, well, maybe Kirk Ferentz and Fran McCaffrey could just cut half of their salaries and you could make... That's not happening. I mean, you still are at the, at the, the dictation of the market a little bit here, too. And you wouldn't even think about asking. Maybe you could if ask. Saban, but, if, if, if Saban would leave Alabama, you think he couldn't get that much or no, more? No, he absolutely would. Somewhere else? No, he absolutely would. Like his old stomping ground, Michigan State, you think they wouldn't be, like, yeah. right now, after their situation, I, and be like, hey, Nick. It's just a really tricky spot for... And this is... Jamie Pollard said something that resonated with me this week, especially with what's going on in the Big Ten. He said something early on in the pandemic where he's like, people will find out what power they really have in this whole situation and what power they don't. And that with the whole Big Ten fiasco, it's like, wow, these coaches and ADs, at the end of the day, you are, while a big cog in the whole system, ultimately, maybe you don't have the decision prowess that uh, you think you have. It's a good way to end the podcast. So it's just like everyone's... You know, at the end of the day, what part of the part of the system are you? So onward we go, my friend. And if we take anything from today, it's be a good communicator. Early. Yes. People will be far more accept accepting of your decision. Yeah. If they know the reasons why and if they why don't right think away. that you're full of crap. 
and the and longer it goes, and we've seen this, we see this in America right now, the longer people don't have information, <laughs> the more conspiracy theories that get created. And those are never usually correct. There is a great post on Facebook. Can I read this um, to end the podcast today? What's your podcast? I think it's a really, people are here because of you, Bloom. Cheers to that. This guy is a, um, a dad of one of the swimmers and divers okay. at Iowa. And I think that the, I thought it was a really good post. It sounds very um, right wing at the beginning, and then it comes around and it's very moderate. Okay? <laughs> I'll, I'll judge that. Uh, I won't say his name. Just, I don't know if he intended on it being read on an Iowa State podcast, but whatever. So today, after 105 years as a sanctioned sport at the University of Iowa, the Hawkeye swim and dive team, men's and women's, as well as men's gymnastics and men's tennis have been discontinued. This was in response to the University of Iowa projecting a loss of $100 million in revenue and operating at a 60 to $75 million annual deficit due to the effects of COVID-19, primarily the cancellation of the Big Ten football season. Of course, I have a son who was a diver at the University of Iowa, so this is more important to me than it likely is to you. And of course, I get in the overall scheme of COVID-19, this ain't the worst thing that has happened by a long shot. However, it is demonstrative of a bad, uh, how badly we are blanking this up as a society. <laughs> not Trump, not Cuomo, not Republicans, not Democrats, but all of us. What was originally proposed as a temporary shutdown of society and the economy to, quote, flatten the curve was very appropriate and good epidemiology. We flattened the curve. We didn't overwhelm our healthcare system. Nobody died because they couldn't get an ICU bed or a ventilator. That's good. We then experienced mission creep. We went from flattening the curve to thinking we could keep the virus from spreading altogether. Viruses, assuming they do not have significant seasonal variation, continue to spread until a community develops herd immunity or a vaccine becomes available. Never in the history of human virus interaction have we eradicated the virus by shutting down a society. For whatever reason, political, media, fear, empathy, and false belief that we can prevent every death. What about you, Facebook experts? We have decided that we need to take every possible action, regardless of whether or not there is evidence that the action is effective regardless of the consequences that that action in order to attempt to prevent anyone from getting infected and subsequently dying. While that is a laudable goal, virology doesn't work that way. And the actions that we are taking absolutely do have other consequences that we seem to be ignoring. Wrecking an economy has consequences. Keeping kids out of school has consequences. People not going to the doctor has consequences. Canceling football seasons out of fear or politics has consequences. Unemployment has consequences. Poverty has consequences. Social isolation has consequences. But it's all on us. At some point, if we continue to feed into the idea that every COVID case or death is a point for one side and every event canceled or job lost is a point for another, we'll get what we have. 
If half of the population continues to insist that you are in favor of continuing life as we know it, even knowing that a small percentage of people will continue to contract and die from COVID, then you must be a horrible or moral person. We'll get what we have. If half of the population continues to insist that COVID isn't real and some sort of government hoax, then we'll get what we have. We have to be adults and we have to get better. We have to demand better. Wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, stay home if you're sick, isolate if you're high risk, wear a mask if you can't socially distance. When the vaccine comes out, get the blanking vaccine. Be smart, open the world, live your life. Feel free to disagree with me, but if you do, you're wrong. <laughs> nice way to end it. I thought that was perfect. I, it's not a hundred percent like, but I mean, you there's can poke obvious, holes in it. You can poke holes in anything, but that's a guy who you know just was clearly fired up. But like, how how many impacting. how many hours and dollars of his hard earned time and yeah. money? Did he spend for his son to train to become a diver at the University of Iowa, right? Like, I mean, I get it. Like, uh, I don't know. Now somebody's going to tweet into me and tell me that I'm putting sports over lives. No. But so that's because that's how this works. If we can, we can get into a whole other conversation about what Europe's doing and the U.S. hasn't <clears throat> and, and all that. Absolutely. And, um, and why is our society so hard-headed compared, uh, right? Like we yeah. are. I mean, you got to look at when when the pandemic happened. We all went out and bought guns and toilet paper and alcohol, right? Were they doing that in Italy? I don't know. I, right. It, it, like, I, I I doubt it. And yeah, so this thing will end though, at some point, whether through a vaccine, the virus weakening, or through herd immunity. And so, where are we at the end of that? Um. And I think that's the question you got to start thinking about is what can we do uh, in the, in now to try and best position us going forward. And, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what that is, but I think, uh, you know, these athletic departments specifically, and I I know this is bigger than just college sports, but um, hard decisions have to be made now that impact things in 2023 when hopefully this is all behind us. So what did you think of the letter? I thought I, well said. Yeah, I, I mean, so I thought it was, it was reasonable. I mean, you could obviously any of the stuff. We've uh, you and me both. We've read yeah. all we can. Like you can say, oh well, what about you know what about uh, France here? You know they've done a good job. <laughs> you know they didn't. Well, the they South didn't, Koreans. I mean, yeah, also, you know New Zealand has had zero cases. You know why can't? I mean, yeah, you you can absolutely do that. And, and trust me, I've heard it all. But I think. Um, I thought that guy was like very vulnerable, and I thought no, he, it's good. He was like, "Hey, I don't know everything, but can I point one thing out? Yeah. Maybe it's 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 uh, representative of how I kind of feel about this, but I don't know if you saw Max Duggan today. I well, I, I saw Max Duggan's news earlier in the week. Yeah, Is so there it came new? out today that because of the COVID testing for whatever, so they had to, they did, you know, heart testing on all of their players. He found out a heart defect he had since birth. And, and he it was didn't know about it? He didn't know about it, but because of COVID testing, he found it and has already had surgery to correct it. That could have been... Wow. That could have been... That's uh, like Fred Hoiberg type stuff right, right there. Very similar. Yeah. yeah probably pretty... I, without knowing the exact condition, yeah. I mean, we don't know. But wow. I, I think there's... But again, un, when you talk about unintended consequences in a bad way, that's one in a good way because of what happens. So, I mean, it, it, there's always, you know, 
a silver lining in a good way somewhere. And I hope Max gets back to full health because he's fun to watch play. Me too. I'm a big Max Duggan fan. I uh, I wish he was a Cyclone, but I understand why he's not. Completely. There's that Brock Purdy guy who kind of got in the right. But so I mean, that's. But that's I'm really glad we have number fifteen. One thing, and and again, one thing about COVID that because of COVID helped him find something that uh, he probably wouldn't ordinarily found, and hopefully he's healthier for it. Great way to end. Thanks, Bloom. Thank you, pal. It's always a pleasure. Uh, thank you to our um, presenting sponsor, Mechdyne. Remember, uh, they got that AV engineer position that are up. Um, go to mechdyne.com for careers. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by Cody Road Whiskey. Oh, baby. Bloom and I have been... Can you tell we're in a much better mood now oh. than when we started? <laughs> it's easy to tell. T- tonight, we've been sampling the single barrel straight bourbon whiskey. It's hitting the spot. Damn right. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, Cody Road. Have a great week, everybody.